We go now to our roving reporter, Merlin Mann. I'm here on the floor. The child has fallen under the tail. It's very moving for everyone. Hello. Oh, good morning, sir. Hi. How are you? Fine. Good. I'm tired. I would like to apologize to you and the audience for uh, being unavailable to do the show uh, last week. Sorry about that. I was... Uh, what? Whoever that, whoever that was, I don't... Oh, that... <laughs> Yeah, we should talk about that. It was a fun one, though, for whoever was happened to be there. Yeah, it was. Um, it was interesting. <laughs> Refreshing. It was. It was, uh, it was interesting. Yeah. It. It was not. Uh, not. Uh, not what I expected. Yeah. What did we talk about last week? Um, let's see. Streetcar. Um, <laughs> I just got you know. You can take one extra minute. minute okay. No thank you. Okay. Thanks, my <laughs> messages. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did they go as text? I see they went as text. Okay. It's all good. <laughs> and you know, think about that. Imagine, ima- imagine if you knew that, like, the messages were always just going to be a certain amount later. Now that would be consistent. If you always knew it was going to be an hour later, you'd think real different about what you were doing. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I do. It's like that, uh, you know, the uh, Mr. Show uh, Colin show where you should have called two weeks ago if you want to talk about <laughs> old people. Talking about pets this week. Um, I think I'm doing too many things. You hung out with Jeff Veen, it looks like. My brain hurts. Yeah, in 2010. Is that what that's from? Sugar pills and a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> Sh- which one am I? Sugar to be so confused. No, you just sent me an image and I got to look at it. What is happening? You just got Prime the image? Pe- I sent that first. Uh, I just got that. It, uh, <laughs> it, uh, oh, my goodness. It sounded like eight minutes ago or whatever. This thing is going off the rails. <laughs> Cheese and crackers. Did you put that sign up? No, someone else put that up. The reroute. I got rerouted. Hmm. Yeah. Dan, Dan sent me a photo of a, of a men's room with an out of order sign on it. <laughs> Tem- temporarily out of order. Yeah. Because I guess if it were permanently out of order, they would just lock it or seal it with with some kind of a a, a, a sealant. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they'd just blow it up. Yeah. Blowing Drop a it block up. Of TNT in there. Just let it let it rip. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um. Uh, I'm going to have some more of this coffee. Um, Are you all right? Okay, so, no, I'm not all right. You, you're all over the map and I'm doing too many things and I'm, I'm tired. Um, no, I'm great. I'll be great in a minute. Let me get my blue light on here. Okay. Um, hmm. Is that a bong? <laughs> oh, I'm so into your hair right now. Like, did you ever think about, like, maybe we're living in the thumbnail of a giant who's living in the thumbnail of a giant or giant? (laughs) God, Pot's so stupid. So, we've got uh, flooring, communications, restrooms, uh, doing too much, um, the restroom. Boy, they did a crappy job on the floor. That's weird. That's actually exactly what I expected. Okay, well, we, I want to circle back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I am, uh, I'll take the fifth question uh, third. Okay. I, I really like Google Photos. Yeah, it's, it seems cool. It seems like you're using it. Uh, I didn't know it made movies, old-timey movies. It's, Dan, it's so bizarre. So basically, well, the way this works, and, and uh, you know, can somebody else go please have a debate about this and like whether what the privacy implications are? All I want to tell you is this. You, you, you open up this little dingus on your Mac or on your 
iPhone. Uh, in the case of the Mac, you point it at a folder full of photos you haven't looked at in five years or whatever, videos, everything. And it just, just sucks the whole thing up into mm-hmm. the cloud. And then once <laughs> it's in the cloud, it's there. And yeah. you can look at it from places. It's not super high quality. I mean, it's not like it's plenty high enough quality for me. Um, but any of the cool, so the cool part is number one, it's a free thing where it takes all of your photos and puts them online. And, um, but the other, the crazy thing that it does, I don't know how it does this. Have, have you used it at all? Just to mess around with it a little bit. I'm a little, uh, a little leery of the, you know. Yeah, right. I understand. But it, but one, one funny thing it does is it looks for, I mean, well, let me ask you this. I mean, let's jump to the chase. Have you done a search yet? Oh, that, that is the amazing and scary part is how good it is at finding people and understanding things. <laughs> it's creepy. Yeah. Yeah, like like seventy plus percent of the time, if you do a search for park or picnic or face or bacon or or what, it will find photos of those things. And it also because it sucks up the EXIF data, I assume it you know is able to say you search for this particular airport and stuff like that. Anyway, it's it's it, it's pretty neat. But so, but obviously, it's driven algorithmically some way or other. So it does, there's some stuff that it does very well, which is it, it says, Hey, look, this looks like a big pile of burst photos. Like you, so you just took a, you just took like 10 photos and it turns that and it says, so it goes through your entire corpus of photos and then, and, and videos. And then it occasionally pops up with this thing in the collections area where it goes, Hey, here's a new animation. And it's where it's just noticed that these are a bunch of photos of the same thing you took at the same time. And it turns into an animated GIF. It's really fun. Um, Another one that it does that's really funny. Oh, oh, and then it also do like collages. Like it's, but it's really cool. Like a day that my wife went in and took pictures of every, all the kids in the class at school for, you know, for school stuff. Right. Like it turns that into a beautiful collage. Um, and, you know, and it's generally hilarious and relevant. Uh, the other thing that it does that's really funny though is when you've uploaded some videos, then it'll start saying stuff like, Hey, I made a movie for you. <laughs> so it's, and, it's kind of doing that. Oh, no, it is doing that. Oh, it's doing several wild. things. I think. I, from what I can gather, it's it's noticing what it thinks are movies taken about the same thing at roughly the same time. So if you see a bunch of things of a baby, it makes a little movie of, of all the baby things. Here's the baby <laughs> doing things. And that's one of the ones I put up. My daughter, uh, some really cute, I think. Very, um, very cute. But yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. Please like my child. I mean, more like, it's like, oh, these are great. It's so nice to see these again. These are just like, I mean, I, I gotta say, man, that flip video, I'm so glad we had that flip camera. We took so many more movies with the flip than any other device we've owned as far as videos. But um, anyway, uh, and then so it makes a little movie and adds funny music to it that it thinks is relevant. But, and sometimes it's it's amazing. You go, oh my God, I completely forgot about this. I didn't, I it don't remember. It picks the music too? Oh, it picks everything. I thought you picked that music. No, no, it's only like three or four songs, but that's uh, funny. So, so sometimes it's like you go, "Oh my gosh, it's the time we were in Sarasota with our family, and look, it made a movie. How great is that?" And then there'll be other ones where, like in the case of of the one with my daughter, it's like a bunch of pictures of our daughter, and then like a second and a half of my garage. <laughs> and you think that algorithm is super interesting? Yeah, there was one where Jeff Veen. It was around the time you look nice today. Was uh, getting obsessed. I was getting obsessed with uh, the Walgreens uh, premium select nuts. And so Jeff and I were going to have a drink in the Castro. I insisted we go to Walgreens, buy some nuts, eat the nuts, test them out, make a movie about it. <laughs> and it turned that into, into a movie, which is pretty weird. I, love, I love that. Isn't it hilarious? And, and I it just adds, assumed adds it was goofy. new. No, it adds goofy. And those, those are my glasses. I don't have anymore. R.I.P. Um, <laughs> but then there was one last night where we were sitting there, we were eating dinner and watching TV, and I was just looking at what Google 
photos had to offer because it periodically like pops up with like, hey, here's 23 new things to look at. <laughs> so weird. It's a video I had taken, first of all, of a guy on the street holding a sign to announce a video of a guy holding a sign that Sharper Image was going out of business. And then a photo of an African-American man sitting on the floor uh, in the muni station <laughs> playing music. And it, it, it's an African-American man holding up this Sharper Image sign. An African-American man playing this this dolorous song. You can't hear anything. And then it adds this incredibly weird like Stevie Wonder funk to it. <laughs> I was like, how did you, what did I, I have not, let me just say Google, I have not heard funky Stevie Wonder music on any white baby movies. It was really weird. <laughs> and then it cut to a, a video of my daughter for half a second. It's it so does all funny. that automatically. It's, it's fun though. It's fun. It's, you know what it is? It's like, you know, with Flickr, I don't, I don't know. I've got Flickr. I keep paying for Flickr. I want to make sure my photos come back, but you know, I, I know, like, I just don't want to get into a thing here, guys. I'm so tired of being a thing. It's just cool that like, you know, your photos are somewhere now and, and it says, and it pops them up and you go, Hey, that's really, that's nice to see again. Like that's somebody that passed away that I forgot I had all these photos of. That's really neat. Cause you know, I, I am, I am the worst kind of backup person. Well, I guess I'm the second worst kind of backup person. The worst kind of backup person is somebody who's never backed up. I think the second worst backup person is somebody who's backed up a bunch in a whole lot of different places uh. and in a paranoid way, clones something and puts it somewhere else. So I probably have like 15 copies of some early photos and movies. And then there's one copy somewhere in a folder called Ellie, first year, save, save, save. You know, like that's going to help. So it's just neat to see all that. I, yeah, so I can understand people's objection to what Google is certainly doing with this, which is getting a corpus of data to learn more about, you know, matching from. But, uh, but it's, it is a lot of fun. And it's nice to see, uh, nice to see old photos and videos. And also does, it has one thing that I'd love to see improve, which is called s- stories. And a story is when it detects like, oh, you went on a trip. And you were in these three cities you're not, I'm guessing here. But here's three cities you're not normally in over the course of two weeks. And it makes this little, uh, takes the videos and the photos and makes like a little interactive multimedia thing where you flip through it and you go, this is the day you were in Boston. Flip, flip, flip. The next day you were in Narragansett. Flip, flip, flip. It's, it's really cool. So that's all. Oh God, I'm waking up now. I'm doing too many things. Like Ooh. what? What are the things that you're doing? I just, you know, no, no. I mean, it's good. It's just that like, you know how it is. Like when you do these things, it's like there's just so much hurry up and wait. Well, I know you're going to, you know, later today you'll be providing our live uh, coverage at E3 uh, on the floor uh, post the Nintendo uh, show. So I'm looking forward to to that. It's a little different for you. I'm going to have an exclusive interview with the animated Griffin. (laughs) Did you like the Griffin? We go down to our roving reporter, Merlin Mann. I'm here on the floor. The child has fallen under the tail. It's very moving for everyone. Apparently it's been in production for something like six years. We assume it'll be out next year. That was cool. Did you look at that? Did you look at that? Uh, I watched the- it all. I I'm not even in that much into games, but I feel like now I'm back in. Like I'm back into games now. Oh, it's so perplexing though. It's like I I I, I feel like everybody was freaking out and like, oh, yeah, somebody check on John Syracuse, blurpy derp. But I thought, okay, I'll go and find out about this last Guardian thing. I watched it, and this is how out of the loop I am. Is like I saw it, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. There's a there's a kid. Uh, Kids, kid riding on Buckbeak. That's really cool. And um, but I can't even tell which parts are that of the game. I don't know. I assume you're moving the child and making the child run around. I'm so out of the loop that I don't even understand like the game parts of that game. I don't know how you would make a kid climb down a ladder. I, I'm so confused about how that's a game. But it was gorgeous, and uh, you know, makes me interested in looking at a console. You know, at some point. Oh yeah, like and 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 it seems like PS4 is is the console 
right now? I, I, I think it, I it's winning. So. Yeah. See, I, this is, I'm, I'm so, I, I'm not even going to sit here and be the old guy who makes jokes because I don't even know what, what to make jokes about anymore. That's how out of it I am. Um, but I mean, I hear Syracuse talk about things like, and I don't even know if these are related games, but hearing him talking about Journey, Destiny, Last of Us, in this case, this Last Guardian, and, you know, the, uh, the Firewatch thing, the Panic folks are doing, all of those are just so fascinating. And like, like last night, I spent 20 minutes trying to find where I could watch someone play The Last of Us because I, I have no intention of, of playing a, a giant apocalyptic game, but I'd love to watch watch it. I couldn't find it, except where people from like other countries are like screaming in the corner while wearing headphones. I guess that's a thing. Well, they, I'm very excited to run through this game for you. Everybody, I hope to avoid one million viewers on YouTube. I just want to see the girl with the guy. <laughs> Well, the thing that I don't like that, uh, and I talked to John Syracuse about this once on Hypercritical, and I, gosh, I, I have no idea which episode it was, but it was they're one of good. they're all very good. So just start with start with one and listen to all of them until you find this one, and then keep going. Uh, but it was uh, it, it was one time we were talking about like video games. We were talking about the what are called, I believe, and sorry if it's wrong, but I believe they're called cutscenes in these video games and a lot that's, of that's like a that's like a little movie they drop in that's exactly right and the little movie is used to advance the plot to transition between oh now you're on this battlefield and then you're going to the spaceship and then something terrible happens so they will show that in these cutscenes. and a lot of the time in people are all gamers seem seem to be very into and very wowed by the cutscenes. When uh, for me, it I've never ever really been impressed by a cutscene. I'm more impressed by like great gameplay or great graphics in game. Whereas the cutscenes, even when they're f- very well integrated like that, like they in the Halo series was the first one where I felt uh, where the cutscenes were actually ga- looked like the game itself, and they didn't cut to something that was completely different. And like here's the thing we rendered right. on a thousand uh, SGI machines, right, right, right. <laughs> you know, as opposed to this is just the game. Uh, so m- more and more, it seems like the games are getting so good that the cutscenes are are fewer and farther between, and and that's something I think is really exciting. The one thing that that I'm super excited about, and that makes me want to like go get a console for the first time in a decade or more, is uh the the, the Star Wars Battlefront. Which oh yeah, I heard that's really good. It looks I heard it looks looks amazing. It really does, and you get to so I should you know the ultimate test is I'm going to show this to my kid who's Star mm-hmm. Wars obsessed and he's seven, and I showed it to him and basically like the, he starts watching it and he's like, "Can you play as the bad guys?" I'm like, "Keep watching." He's like, "You know," and then it shows. Yes, you can play as the oh, bad really? guys. You can be stormtroopers. You can you can pilot a walker. You can uh, be you know in a tie fighter. There are lightsaber battles. You know, it's like it just it. He just was like running around the room excited about this. And I just like, that's the kind of thing where you're in this immersive world that, that it's fun and it's realistic. And I just can't get into those games that are all just combat and shooting people and fighting and things blowing up and you know, these, these war games, but somehow, even though there's a lot of shooting in the star Wars games and like things blowing up, like it makes it, it's like it's star Wars. So it's okay. Somehow (laughs) I don't, I don't really know, but yeah, I mean, I I have been so out of games like you that I, I mean, I used to have these consoles and 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 then I just fell out of it. And now I'm. This is the first time in so long where I'm actually interested. But I don't. I don't. Wouldn't know what. Like, what is step one? You know, like oh, I, I, I I totally I totally know what you mean. It's it's a real. Um interesting cultural window for me. I, I've talked about this in a lot of places, but it's it is it's strange to be someone who for so long 
you know, I, I, there's so many things that I kind of either willfully or unintentionally don't have an opinion about or don't follow. And for a long time, I just, you know, video games, it's like, that's not for me. Like that's, that's a thing for weirdos. Like, and, and I just wasn't interested. And I, I, and people would talk about video games. I'm like, how could you be a grown person with a car payment and be playing video games? It seems so strange. And I just wasn't, I was, I have to say, I I think I was wrong. Like I didn't, I I guess I haven't realized how much that's a part of what everybody does. And I'm with you. I don't know. I have no idea where to begin. Uh, But, but you know, I'm open to it at this point. It's just, you yeah, know, right, right, right. Like that's the it's a big investment to, to like, I mean, you know, to even like, so when you talk about things like, you know, like, I guess you're talking about like a first person shooter type thing, yeah. with some, some kind of game where you're, you know, killing people like, you know, my whole idea of that is people screaming homophobic remarks, like 12 year olds screaming homophobic remarks at each other. Like that does not look appealing to me, but you know what? That's probably wrong. That's, that's probably not how it is. I could probably go watch the Twitch and, and go see, uh, and go see some people who are very polite while they're shooting their friends. Yeah. But, um, no, I'm, I don't mean to sound cynical because I actually am, I'm, you know, these, these games that everybody talks about, I don't know what the name of the genre is, but things like The Last of Us, uh, and Journey are, are very, uh, appealing to me. It's just that I, I don't even know. I mean, I barely know how to drift in Mario Kart. Like I, I'm not, and then, know, you know, the know. investment it would take to get into a platform to where I could like have any competency and, I told you, like, we got Legend of Zelda for the Wii when we first bought a Wii, and all I could do was make a horse run in a circle. <laughs> and my, my wife would just be screaming from the other room, why are you doing that? And I'm like, I have no idea how to stop doing this. I'm in some kind of a garden making a horse run in a circle. Yeah. His name's his name's Zelda, by the way. I don't know if yeah. you know that. No, I that's, did not. That's the, that's the little boy's name. Oh, there's one game that uh, the the chat. He's, he's an elf. He's an elf named Zelda. The chat room is, by the way, people have complained that we don't interact with the chat room the way that we used to. So, in, to rectify that, I, will I have say, I have a reason for that. I'd be happy to share. Okay. Well, Alan McCoy in the chat room is saying. <laughs> I looked at the uh, looked at the chat room once the first time we did the show. That's it. And realized there's no way I could keep up. I look with it. I look at it a lot. Well, Alan am, is saying that that, that we you you might like, and I I love. This hi, game. Alan. I know Alan from the internet. Hello, Alan. Can, would, would you be my interpreter speaking to the chat room? Well, they can hear you, but yes. They can hear me right now? Yes. I thought they were just typing. No. Oh, they're listening to the show. They listen and type. I thought most of these names were just made up. Mm-mm. Cuphead. Huh. Cuphead is a game you need to check out. Go to cupheadgame.com and watch that. Hmm. You're, you, you're going to love that one. All right. Oh, you're going to do it now? Cool. Oh. <laughs> I, I do what the chat room tells me, I guess. Okay, good. Uh, like hi, that. Alan. How's it going, buddy? Um game all right i'll check out cupheadgame.com we can put that in show notes dan where would people find show notes for uh episode mm-hmm. 225 of your back to work program five by five dot tv slash b as in boys two is in the number w as in women slash two two five two two five that's uh that's good stuff sugar pills and a pack of cigarettes sugar to beat us sugar to beat us <laughs> bulk bag <laughs> Dove bar. Dove bar. Goldenberg chew. <laughs> Book bag. <laughs> Watched the film the other night. Oh, so I'm watching it tonight. Yeah. You know, Gavin Belson's in that. No. Do you watch Silicon Valley? Mm, I thought you did. I'm, I'm holding yeah. off. I'm holding off until He's, I uh, want What's the guy? Obi? Is that his name? Who's the, who's, who's his, no, no. In the, who's the guy with the steering wheels and his go-to oh, flight guy? Oh, yes, yes. He's uh, a yeah, yeah. Wreck-It he's, Ralph, he's, we call him. Brecker Ralph is uh no 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 <laughs> no, you're thinking, the other I, I, no 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 I, I think you're thinking of Ignatius Riley that's the guy from Boogie Nights <laughs> yeah right that's the one yeah it's got, Don, it's got uh, Donnie Wahlberg and uh, the M Night Shyamalan <laughs> thing is that how I pronounce it Donnie yeah. okay um 
It's good. It's good. Why did I watch it? I was watching, I had just watched Silicon Valley. And for some reason, I wanted something to watch, and I, and I watched The Aviator. My gosh, that's such a good movie. I really want really, to do a really, that. I mean, like, wait, we do bits about it. We're always doing bits. But, you know, it's, it's, so, it's so good. We need to do an, an at the movies for that, I think. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you have anything you want to tell me about? I have to go tell someone I can't be on a podcast. <laughs> do you have anything you want to uh, tell people? Tell are, we going lo- are we going long? It's only been 21 minutes. Okay, well, let me type this. Okay, All right, you, you do you, it. I'll talk talk about what we like. Let me tell you about. Tell you sorry, about. I better say no. Sorry, I suck. Okay, go ahead. We don't have to. We don't have to. Uh, no, let's do a thing. spot. We we'll do a spot. We'll do one now. Okay. Let me tell you about mail route. You know who should be handling your email? I'll tell you. Hmm. Email nerds who do nothing but email, and these these nerds that I'm talking about are like elves, and they work. At MailRoute, they have created the first cloud-based email filtering solution. They did it so well that they sold it to Microsoft, and now they're back, and they have a new, very innovative and very effective spam and virus filtering system that I have started to use. I started to use it before when they said, oh, we want to sponsor the shows. I said, listen, I have a domain that I, it's, it's danbenjamin.com. I've had it as like the first one I got, you know, years and years and years ago. And it's I, all the email and permutations in my email on that domain are, com- they're signed up for every single spam thing. Every time I try to like check email on it, it, it hundreds and hundreds of emails that are just spam. It's unusable. I've tried unsubscribing. It does no good. It's the whole domain is screwed. I said, I, I would like to try your service and see if it can help with this domain at all. And they said, Oh, it'll, it'll be fine. I'm like, yeah, sure. So I signed up, got in there, put this. And basically what it works is they become a mail handler uh, for the domain as a, as an intermediary step. So you don't have to configure anything on your computer. You don't have to go in and like edit your mail settings. You don't have to get that. I mean like that's the the cool part is that they sit between the world and you. They, they, they stand athwart all the people who would try and make your life miserable. (laughs) That's right. They're like a Heimdall for your rainbow bridge. That is so right. They're going to have to just run with that. I'm an idea guy. Yeah. Bifrost. So they, they basically (laughs) just, is that how you pronounce it? Bifrost. Bifrost. I don't know. So this this goes. They go in between you and the rest of the world. So there's nothing else that you need to do. You can, you basically can go into their site and configure how aggressively you want them to filter out uh, the spam. And I just left the default settings. Lo and behold, like I didn't get any spam anymore. All of a sudden, it went from hundreds of emails a day. I'm not exaggerating of wow. just spam to like. Now I'm just getting email and I was able to go and like start using the domain again. Well, imagine if, if you just have like a regular amount of spam, how easy it would be to, to just clear that out. These guys are great. Nothing to install, nothing to maintain. It just receives your mail, sorts it and delivers the clean email to your mailbox. So of course it's going to support anything like all the LDAP, Active Directory, TLS, all that stuff. It just works. And uh, they have a special promotion for back to work listeners, you're going to uh, to get 10% off for the lifetime of your account. It's MailRoute, M A I L Route, R O U T E dot net, MailRoute.net slash B 2 W. Go there, support the show, and uh, get 10% off for the lifetime of your account. Thanks very much to MailRoute for making this show possible, Merlin Man. Buck, buck. I'm so glad they, uh, they sponsored the show. 
Great company. Great company. Mailbagging. Mailbagging. Bulk bag. Bulk bagging. <laughs> Castro. Temporarily out of order. That's what the sign says, yeah. Looks like they were in a hurry. Yeah, they, they slapped that thing up there and got... I, <laughs> I don't know what was going on. It's like almost a 12 degree angle. Yeah. You want me to post? You can weird. post that up. You can upload that. Well, I know your, your privacy is one of my uh, three to 15 concerns. <laughs> it's, um, hmm. You think, you think they put the metal plate on there? So, because it's cleaner than the wood. Oh, the strike plate. Is that what they call it? Yeah. Hmm. You know, we do lots of bits about the aviator, but, uh, and it's a funny thing, but it really is a, a very good movie. Like I just, I reappreciated this last time how great Kate Blanchett is in it. She's God. She's she just she's so that's got such a screen presence. You know she's what I mean? better at doing Catherine Hepburn than Catherine <laughs> Hepburn. That's exactly the kind of thing Dorothy Parker would have said. <laughs> Kate Blanchett does box office poison. <laughs> <laughs> she runs great. the entire gamut of emotions from A to B. <laughs> Actual quote. I love it. Dorothy Parker, man, she's a mean lady. Mm. 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 Well, what else should we talk about? Let's see. There We've are other got, things that we could. I did write down things. What did I write down? Uh, we got your floor. Mm-hmm. We've got mail from readers. There's a new edition of editorial I'm excited about. Uh, and we should probably address a little bit about uh, the communication issue. Just, just for the sake of posterity. I would love that. But I'll go in anywhere you want to go. Do you want to talk about your floor? Yeah, I mean, people I think are excited to find you've out. Made, you've made them excited. I have. You've learned, you, they've learned how to care about floors all over again. Well, if you remember, I think I relayed this. I did listen to the show from last week. and, and you, had, the, you had a concern. You had a concern last week. Well, the guest host that you had. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it was a <laughs> great show, by the way. Hmm. Um, the, uh, the, there, was a, there was a hissing sound. As to recap, there is a hissing sound that could be heard coming from underneath the floor of my garage. And if you placed your hand over that space, it was extraordinarily warm, almost almost hot, even when the rest of the garage was cool. And we had some different theories. A lot of people have suggested different theories. Um, the, the number one theory that was suggested as to the cause of this was that it was a gas leak. Uh, it, I, I never thought that it was a gas leak, but because that wouldn't have been warm. Gas is, is not warm until it's lit on fire is, is unless it's like maybe a natural gas coming from underground or something like naturally occurring. But in, in the kind that go into your house, my understanding is it's, it's actually not especially warm. My theory was there's some kind of snake or water or water snake. Uh, so, uh, my wife found this company that fixes this kind of thing. They deal with like this particular kind of thing. So they, they came out. <laughs> yeah. It's snake or water. Snake or wa- yeah. And they put a, uh, they, they use like infrared things to look at it and they were able to determine that it was, uh, it, it was most likely a water leak and that's what was going on under there. And that they said, oh, we can come out, you know, we'll be out uh, on, on Monday. So that was yesterday. And I was expecting them to bring out, like, they have these small little, sort of like little handheld, like jackhammer type things. They brought out a full-on, like, we're busting up a road kind of jackhammer. And went into the garage and just jackhammered with this thing for a cl- darn near an hour. 
My gosh. And I couldn't believe, like, I just, I remember we had a thing done in the backyard where we were fixing, like, we, like there's like a concrete thing. They had to bust out an old one and put, and I mean, like they spent less time demoing part of our thing in the backyard than they did in this. Well, it turned out it was actually a, it was just a water leak. There was a hot water line huh. that had come in contact with a, um, I guess that there's supposed, it's supposed to be covered in plastic and it had been covered in plastic but there was a small crack in the plastic and where that pl- crack happened, just there happened to be a little bit of rebar that was coming in contact then with the pipe that over 15 years, it corroded just enough for there to be a very small leak, which is what we heard. And, uh, and they had the bus is huge. So I have pictures I can put, I can upload to the milkshake and we can link up there or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they ripped out like I was like a three foot section of concrete. And we had this, the surface of the garage, it, it, there, I don't know what it's called, but they throw, it's like it, when, it, when the paint is still wet, they throw down these little flecks, these little flakes of something, and it makes for this cool retro looking, well, that was all, of course, destroyed, and they just, they redid the concrete in sort of... It looks of, like they didn't really make it very flush with the floor. No, it's a little, a little below the surface. It's got uh, what Van Gogh would call impasto. It's... Uh, <clears throat> You've got kind of like uh, spiky bits where when you walk on that, you're going to notice it's, it's higher. Im- impasto syndrome. Mm, that's pretty good. <laughs> so uh, they, uh, the, yes, the concrete is a little bit below. I don't really care. It's in the garage. I'm not, I don't, I just want the leak to go away. But now, like if I want to redo it, I would have to redo the whole floor of the garage. So it seems like that will never get done. But it's, there's something organic and artistic about it. Now, <clears throat> are you going to leave it like that? I you think should put I, this in show notes. It, it looks like somebody spilled something gray. Yes. Are you going to leave it like that? I think so. Wow. That's amazing. I didn't know you could, you could do that. That doesn't bother me at all. I kind of like that. I don't know why. Yeah, but I, didn't know, I didn't know you could do that. I mean, that's, that's amazing. A person or me personally? Well, I mean, it just seems like that would bother you. No, not at all. Nice. Not at all. I like a patch job. Yeah, sure, sure. Looks like a nice garage. The garage is very, that was one of the selling points for me is how finished out it was. I was used mm-hmm. to Florida garages where it's all just beams. It's all just beams and wood. Oh, look at your little girl. She's so cute. Oh, did, can, I, can I talk about her stitches? Oh, I wasn't going to say anything, but oh, look at that poor thing. Yeah, talk about her stitches. We, uh, El, uh, my daughter learned about stitches last night when we were watching Top Chef. When, uh, when one of the chefs uh, cut her finger and she chose to go to the hospital and get two stitches instead of staying in the elimination challenge. Oh, yeah. <sighs> she got a lot of flack for that. Mm. I, and then I, all the chefs started sharing their stories about the times that they didn't get stitches. Can I yeah. send you a picture of the stitches? Oh, God. Do you oh, want sure. to see them or no? No, by all means. Okay. You know, I think Padma had a lot of stitches after her car accident. That's why her scar looks like a, like a sexy railroad track. <laughs> oh I love that about her. I love, I love this. She's just like, yeah, I got a scar. Check it out. Well, I mean, you know, she, I have a, literally a nine inch scar on my arm, but yeah. I'm gorgeous. Enjoy my scar. How I cool uh, is that. I always respected that about her. Oh I God, completely. That. I think it's super cool. All right. Hold on. I'm saying I have, my wife sent me this picture yesterday of the stitches and I have to get <laughs> it. And now I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was, this was a wonderful sort of Sunday morning you know, a great way to start your Sunday morning. Oh, you want the no. whole story? You want the abridged version? Whatever you think's appropriate. That picture is give me, the whole, give me the whole one. Give me the whole one. Okay, so it's, sun, it's Sunday morning, usual sort of mix of chaos and relaxation that happens on a Sunday morning. And 
uh, I guess it's about 8.30 in the morning and MJ is running around. She's doing something with a balloon and trying to bump, bump the balloon with her booty or something that causes her to fall. And she falls on just the, you know, the wood, we have wood floors. She fell on the wood floor and, you know, we hear the, the crying. So oh, no. my wife goes to get her and picks her up and she's like, oh, sweetie, you okay? Because, you know, like she's running around constantly falling, bumping into things. She'll cry a little. She'll be fine. The, cry, the crying is, is rarely in direct proportion to the amount of injury because little kids like her size are, are pretty tough. Yeah, they are. I mean, like she's, I, I hate to say this, but like she's even fallen down, a, you know, a few steps and been fine. And like, you know, we can't keep her still. So it's normal for her to fall. Like that's not a big, that's not a big thing. Sure. But so she's crying and my wife picks her up. She's like, okay, sweetie. And then she puts her hand up and she says, there's blood. And her hand is just covered in blood. And we look at each other like, okay. So we sit her down and we're trying to find the source of the blood. And I look at my wife's like shirt and I'm like, there's blood all over your shirt now. Oh no. So at first I thought, oh crap, she bit her tongue. That sucks. You know, Uh, but no, it wasn't that she didn't bite her lip. We look under her chin and she's got like maybe, you know, like a one and a half inch split on her chin. That's just like, I don't get too graphic, but it's just open. Like it's just open, like a little second mouth. opening up. My wife's like urgent care. I'm like, okay. I'm like, are we all going or do you want me to just take her? And she's like, we all need to go. I'm like, all right. So I, I get uh, my, my other kid, and I'm like, just grab your iPad and get dressed. He got dressed and got his shoes on fast. I knew it was possible. I uh-huh. knew that he could just get dressed and put his shoes on and get in the car. Uh, seven uh-huh. and a half years, I knew he could do it. And he did it in, I swear to you, two minutes flat. From mm. in his PJs to dressed, teeth brushed, hair combed, shoes on, in the car, two minutes. Mm. And I said, dude, I know what you're capable of now. Because you never tell me you can't get ready on time again. He's like, all right. <laughs> so we load up the car. And, you know, we put like a gauze thing and taped it up and everything. And drove her to the urgent care clinic. And they're really great. We've taken it there when Cash smashed his thumb before. So, like, we've been there before. And uh, we go in there. They, ta- they take her back in. Listen to this. Mm-hmm. In order to do stitches, they have to, for kids, their, their regular thing is they wrap, they wrap the child. Oh my God, that photo, Dan. Oh my God. Oh, you see that? Oh my God. Yes. So they wrap the child up in a sheet. Did you know that mm. they do this? They wrap them tightly, like swaddling. Because it's, it's Passover? <laughs> because it's, Yes. Uh, and I, I, Dan, I, I've never heard of that. This, I, are you sure this is an accredited facility? Yes, no, it's it's uh, it's uh, it's totally legit. They do it so that the, the that the kid won't thrash while they're getting the injections that they need to put in to numb numb the area, so they can do stitches. And That's a form of restraint. Yes. Oh my goodness! They wrap them in a sheet while they're doing the stitches. So I uh, tough. So that yeah. So the doc is like. Uh, you know, I've seen 10 plus year old, especially even boys just thrash and move around and we have to, we have to do this. She does not move. She does not resist. Even when they're doing the little injections, which hurt are very painful. She's just sitting there. Her little lip is just trembling in pain mm-hmm. while she's enduring it, but she didn't move. The doc is like, I've never seen a kid not react before. So she was great. 
they put in the stitches, but because she's like a little girl and she's like a pretty girl, they're like, like, well, I, he actually redid two of the <laughs> stitches. Cause he's like, I don't want there wow. to be any, any, any ripple, anything. I want it to be perfect. I'm going to redo these. So they'll be perfect. She just sat there and, uh, and you know, then we leave there and she's like, I'm hungry. Let's go eat somewhere. You know, she's what? over, she's over it. That's a tough little kid. The rest of us are completely freaked out. It's like 10 in the morning. I'm like, I need to go to bed and just sleep now. I'm exhausted from this. Yeah. And she's ready to go play. It just, I don't get it. But anyway, that was my Sunday. Oh, happy Sunday, Dan. Yeah. What'd you do? Let me tell you something, little girl. I'm a physician. So my first concern is the care of the health of the patient. I tell you, we get a lot of very unpleasant little boys in here that are not very attractive. Do I try hard on the stitches? Seems that way. But now we got this pretty little girl with a second mouth. We're going to have to close it up. <laughs> so gross. Bob's your uncle. The flesh was coming out. I mean, it was really... It was gross. It was gross. It was really okay. gross. Oh, yeah. People cut themselves on Top Chef a lot, and it does not make my daughter happy. You get this sound. From your daughter doing that? Yeah, that's the sound of a kid seeing blood. <sighs> oh. mm. Gosh, I'm sorry, Dan. So Sunday, what, you, what did we do Sunday? But what it's it's amazing how something like that can just completely throw everything off. Like the whole weekend now is weird. Oh, God, Dan. And, you know, we can't talk about this too much. It's boring. But, um, oh, my God, yes. It's <laughs> uh, uh, zero tolerance. Like, it really is starting to feel like uh yeah, it, there's it does not take much. I'm and let me let me put it this way. I'm feeling somewhat in inelastic, like um where it's like well, there's more and more. I, you know, again, I I never was a big Tetris player, but I think the analogy works. It's like this is the blocks are falling into place. There's not much room left. There's not a lot of choices here. There's just there's you know we're packing a very full car at this point, and there are consequences. If somebody comes along with a big box in there, we're gonna have to get another car or just not do this. Right. It's like yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, times a dummy. I don't know the the way that the way that something little like that can happen and affect your whole day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like these little unexpected things that that can completely derail something. Like I remember my friend one time had termites. He had like a termite problem, and oh, okay. they you know he saw a couple, and I'm then terrified they, of that. They opened it up. And it was like $30,000 worth of damage to the house that had been going on behind the scenes. They needed to have like walls redone, internal, external. And oh, no. like you never know when something like that's going to happen. Why are you telling me this? Trigger warning. Trigger warning. Ugh. Are you worried like about that? White, aren't they like little white ants? Yeah, the bad kind are. But is there a good kind of termite? Yeah, oh, there's two kinds of termites. There's, oh, right. Sure. The ones, the ones who know their place. <laughs> there, yeah. There's a, there's a dominant and the submissive. No, there's the, uh, there's the, there's the, the little ones that look like tiny, tiny little ants, like anemic ants. Mm-hmm. And then there's kind that look like bigger ants with wings on them. Those are the good kind. If you got to have termites because they eat real slow and they're easy to get rid of. The bad kind are the ones that are the anemic ants. Got it. Oh, I just learned so much about termites. I did not know those things. Oh, you live in Florida long enough. You deal with them. You get to know. Mm-hmm. You get mm-hmm. to know the termites. Um, so many text files. If you got a PS, if, if we if we like uh, had a, a Kickstarter to send you a PS4, would you play it? Oh God. 
Uh, if I were if I were gifted with a PS4 from from somebody who just happened to like me, that would be great. I, I don't like online begging; it makes me uncomfortable. I could I could uh, I could Patreon uh, kick my fund go go. <laughs> we'll do we'll do uh, something that'll get us both PS because PS4 is a multiplayer thing. You know what I just did? I just we'll added get a couple something. PS4s for us, and then we can talk about it. We can do a gaming show. That, yeah, that would be fantastic. I would love that. All right, I would love that. We'll do it. Did you see Andy? Two, old, two old guys trying to figure out how to use a PS4. I still can't figure out awesome. how to. I still can't figure out how to log into the account on my Wii U. My daughter <laughs> has to play as me because now I don't know how to change anything. Yeah, I did that. Have you? Have you? Did you ever have to like? Okay, so one thing on the Wii U is funny. I, I successfully got a bunch of our old stuff off of the Wii using like a thumb drive or not a thumb drive using like those tiny little cards. Oh really? Very, very funny. Oh my God. If you think Apple's bad at stuff, uh, boy, you never really, I got, let me put that differently. You don't really appreciate how good Apple is at stuff. So <laughs> you try to get all your old stuff off of Wii. It's like the instructions are hilarious. It's like, do this, run that, put this on the card, wait a while, take it out, run this on the other machine. Now put this in. It was completely bananas. Wow. Did you, um, I, I listened to some of the Inako Almanac. I'm going to, I'm going to parcel it out over five or six weeks. I think the latest episode, okay. but, um, <laughs> wasn't did, that long. Sure. It was, did you, <laughs> did you see his discussion of, uh, of the, the sous vide lightsaber, the sous vide lightsaber? Well, you know, if you want to do sous vide, sous vide, you, you normally have to get this big metal thing like Richard blaze and then you cook it real slow in a bag. Uh, Andy reviewed this thing. This, it looks like a lightsaber. You put it in a pot with water. It does not even have to be on the stove. And you set the temperature and walk away. So like, you know, you can even apparently just use a Ziploc bag. You put a steak in a Ziploc bag, get all the air out, put it in this thing with water, drop in the sous vide lightsaber and walk away. And you say, I want this to be whatever, uh, 128 degrees. And like, apparently it's flawless. Wow. I, I've never been super interested. Every time I watch it, I go, you know, Richard can pull this off. He's good. I'm not a big fan of foam. When Marcel makes foam, it just makes me literally angry. But, but when, when Richard does the sous vide, I'm kind of into it. I'm like, that's not, that seems like an interesting idea. You give it a little, a little, a little warm bath. And uh, anyway, it's very interesting. I might kickstart that too. We'll get a kickstart. Also, we'll get a kickstart. also, we're thinking about getting one of those K-cup things. Isn't that awful? Oh, no, I have one. I told you it's good. I've got one here at work. I've got one at home. <sighs> My wife's new job, they got one. She says like every cup is perfect. Well, uh, okay. So people who are in that camp of the fussy coffee people. No, no, no. We're not. It's not that. I just, the waste bothers me. Isn't there a lot of waste? Well, yes. Okay. It's like, what, like a hundred bucks you get one of those? Yeah. They're like a hundred bucks. Indiegogo that. I think you'll be God, pleasantly this is, this surprised. Is probably, this might be the best episode we've ever done. We it's talked about your floor. It, <laughs> it's a relaxation kind of an episode. Mm. It's a recovery episode. It's not so hard because Skype is doo-doo. I know. I wonder what's going on. And, and we get it again. To, to, we, people are not usually treated to this particular discussion on the actual show. Yeah. We've already cut many things out of this episode that you're not going to hear because the internet blew up. Right. But like, it's so strange that there are certain Skype problems you only get with unique pairings of a given two people. Right. So, I mean, I, I, so I, I don't want to say like, like, and you talked about this, like with like Andy can be on Mac break in, in like HD and everything's fine with video. He talks to you, and suddenly the bottom falls out. Right, and it, and you I, would, I've got I'm getting 14 megs down, and when I talk to you, it drops for no reason. Yeah, and I don't know why because there's different folks that I do shows with where it's perfectly fine, it, where yeah. we have no problems. We do a show called DLC with yeah. uh, which I've talked about where with Jeff Kanata. He's talk about gaming. He he's like the gaming guy, right? 
And we host the show here, but all three or four people on the show are in remote locations all over Skype. So like nobody, we physically bring them all together over different Skypes and no one here is on the show. They're just, they're all remote. The hosts and everyone else, all remote. Never have problems with that. And they're in LA, they're in Chicago, they're all over around and, and sometimes in other countries. It's just, it's wow. confusing and I don't know what it is. It's like whatever that stop is between you and me, there's right. some relay in between you and me that's screwed up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess that's the phrasing for it. There's there's something mysterious. There's some ghost in the machine that is just causing this to happen. And it's yeah. anyway, I apologize to the audience because one reason this show can sometimes be kind of fragmented uh, is because Dan and I are, are not in our right mind. But also, there are these weird like little skips with Skype. So I don't want you to think we are actually legitimately insane. Sometimes we just can't hear each other for a few seconds. Yeah. 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 Um... You know, one quickie. I want, let's talk about the communication thing because I think that is actually an interesting thing to recap let's do um, it. And, and to clarify. But first, I want to mention um, there's a new version of Editorial out that is just beautiful. Editorial is uh, my go-to uh, text editor and automation app on iOS. And uh, I'll find a couple things to put in notes about it. If you've heard me talk about Editorial and you're using it, make sure to go and check out the new version. It's got some amazing new features in it. What kinds of features? It's got um, templates now where you can go in and create all kinds of very, very like functional templates that uh, along the lines of workflow, you know, will take variables, date, time, stuff like that, and create, if there's a certain kind of file you make a lot, which is very much the case with me, it's, it's a great automation tool. It's added more support for more task paper uh, stuff, uh, so it's easier to do your test paper files from inside of there. And it's also added a feature in that's, that's been in the text paper mode for a while that they now have officially brought into like the markdown view, which is you get a little thumb in the right, on the right side where you can move whole paragraphs around without selecting. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, so you get actually, five paragraphs yeah. in a document, you type something, and you know, it's great. You can move bullets around, you can move whole paragraphs around. It's a huge time saver. Anyway, I'll put that in show notes. Editorial is, is it OM, OMG software? What's it called? OMZ, edit, I'm clicking, editorial. We'll cut all this out. Um, please check that out, though. It's, you know, it's such a neat time. You know, there was, there, it's funny because the iPhone came out, there were some text editors. Then there's an explosion of text editors. It's like, wow, there's all this great stuff. Nebulous notes, all these things, you know, simple note, all these things came out. Then it seems like things kind of slowed down for a while. And then in the last like two or three years, it's just, this is such a golden time for doing tech stuff on iOS. And uh, you go to omz-software.com and check out editorial. That and drafts. And I always want to say drafts too, because I, I, I use them both. I use them differently. I use them for different things. I'll Could throw, you, I'll throw they, they, one more in, in yeah, yeah, the, into the mix. It's called Scratch. Yeah, yeah. I, I've used Scratch. Scratch is, is, is similar in a lot of ways to drafts. It right? is. It's, it's kind of... It's, a it's l- one of those starter like Kindling apps. Like you, Your text starts here and then you do stuff with it. Yeah, pretty much. I also I wanted to get your take. I know you are really into the WWDC uh, announcements stuff. What did you think of Notes? The Notes of revamped, redone Notes oh, app. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to talk about that. Um did I get all that done? We'll put that in show notes. Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, we can talk about that. I think it looks terrific. And um, I said this on, I think I said this on Twit the other day, but like I, one reason I love it is it feels like very much in like the old school Macintosh tradition. There's something about the enhanced, I don't know how, how quite to explain it, but like seeing the the way you can do stuff now with split view and with notes, that one demo where they're like, you drag this thing, in a, you know, in like an OS 10 or iPad, eventually, you drag this thing from 
the browser over here into notes over there. And look, it makes this beautiful little card. And you can put in like checkboxes to make this functionally a to-do list. I think it's terrific. Um, I mean, it, I, seems, I, I, it seems a little too good to be true because you have that stuff. You have, you know, the ability to just, oh, here, let's just put an image in there and we'll do, like you said, like the to-do list thing. It becomes very aware. It becomes very useful. It, you know, it's it's going to automatically sync with all the different iOS devices and the Mac stuff. And, you know, that's something that's really, really cool. And I I feel like that, one app is reason enough for me to really get excited about upgrading uh, because that, yeah. that kind of integration, that kind of intelligence, you know, when we talk about all these different apps that try to get smart and, you know, like how you can use on so many of the calendar apps. Now you can type in, you know, um, doctor appointment at four on Thursday and it'll just, you can use the, the, the right, like fantastic house, fantastic natural language. House. Yeah. Yeah. I, this feels like that. Like you start typing something that's a list. You don't have to know Markdown to make it work. You just start typing something. It looks like a list and then it's there. You can even do the little check boxes. It'll automatically check them off. All of that and having that be, you know, crossing between iOS and, and, and uh, OS 10. Yeah. I just really, really appreciate that kind of attention to detail. And that's the kind of enhancement that, that we've all been hoping for. I really wish, and I know there will never be, and I'm weird because like, I also have Android devices. I wish that, that it would work between that's asking for way too much. But for me, that's a compelling reason to want to kind of switch. Doesn't it just run on IMAP? Isn't it just an IMAP backend? I don't know, but it's the client end isn't, isn't open to... No, 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 absolutely. But I've, I've noticed in one or two apps, I'm trying to think where it is, maybe it's in Spark, but somewhere I've noticed that whenever I update a note, <laughs> the note appears in, in, in my mailbox for a minute. It's oh, really interesting. Um, yes. And I totally agree. Yeah. It would be nice if they would do that. And isn't it interesting? They're doing the music service for Android. That's kind of an interesting thing to come out of the box with. Yeah. Steve I thought they would have done that. Well, I mean, they want to make, they want to make that money and they're making yes. about 30%. So why, why yeah, exactly? Not? Oh no, it's, I know I was being sarcastic. Uh, I think but it's no, great. I say it's a huge surprise. I mean, they did the same thing when they came out and they said, hell's frozen over. Here's iTunes for Windows. I mean, right. it's it shows that Apple is very much a consumer-focused company. They really are. They want to make that money. Yeah, I totally agree. Nothing wrong with it. Nope. And, you know, uh, so, yes, I, I like that. I, I, you know, obviously, I don't, I'm going to wait till... My, my friends who do these sorts of things say, wait until, like, at least, like, the third beta. Like, you know, like, apparently, your iPad gets kind of hot if you're running this first beta. Wait a while. It's not that long. I mean, there'll be the, the public beta in July. Etc. Anyway, I'm fine to wait, but I can't wait to try it. There's so much I can't wait to try, especially on iOS. But um, but it's it's uh, the way that I use Notes. I, this probably makes me seem like a crazy person, but I use different apps and different not protocols, but different platforms for different things. You know what I mean? So like, and I've really settled into something that works great for me, which is that I, there's tons of stuff I do in text files. Like every time, every episode of a show that I've ever been on, all the great shows, I have a text file for each one of those episodes that's named a certain way. Uh, and that has stuff like show notes, sponsor notes, anything particular to that. I have, you know, I've talked a lot about this in the past, like back on Mac Power users, but there's just this whole big morass of like lightly taxonomized stuff that's in 2,500 text files. They're just you know, get sync with Dropbox. But then <laughs> I, I, I use notes for just like the dumbest use in the world. I use it like your, your, your aunt in Poughkeepsie uses it. I just keep lists in it, like running lists. Like anytime somebody recommends a book that goes into the book list, video games, video game list, 
uh, movies, TV, wine, food, Christmas presents for daughter and wife, restaurants to try out. Like it's the most, like the lamest use ever of notes and I love it. And I think it will actually be greatly enhanced with some of these new features. Um, and I like that they're keeping it lightweight, right? I mean, to this day, my favorite things, my favorite thing 37 Signals ever did uh, might be a real weirdo, but Backpack. I think Backpack was the coolest thing that they ever made. Do you remember Backpack? Yes, I do. Really cool. Because Backpack basically said, well, here's, there's a, you have a web page, you invite people to it, and then there's a few very lightweight things. You could have a text field, like a text area here. You can have a little tick-off to-do list. You can have, or some of the other things. I don't even know if it had file upload, but in the, in the same way that God Love It, Basecamp felt really heavy-handed for what I actually needed, um, backpack was a great way to just organize a thing with a few people. So like for me, this is my, like my own personal backpack is how I use notes, but I'm sorry, I'm all over the map, but it, it but it does remind me of an old school, like multi-finder ish app where you're like, you know, the, what makes Macintosh Macintosh is that this stuff kind of works together, setting aside things like publish and subscribe, which are kind of weird, but you know, I, 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 I think it's really encouraging. I, re- I really do. And I love, like I said, like we said last time, I love the focus on polish and improvement. I don't know if it's going to be putting anybody out of business that's already super successful. Um, because I think there's a lot like what you're describing that people want out of this. They want something like Dropbox accessibility, sharing. You can't share notes like without having the same login, right? No, I don't think you can do that. Uh, but I, I mean, the app as far as just sharing between devices. Yeah, we do that. I, we do that with uh, shared reminders. Right. Yeah. Shared reminders is actually super handy. Um, the shared notes would be nice. But like, yeah, I, I mean, this is, it's an enhancement. I would not call this like something that's going to make somebody quit using something else they paid for. Well, that's the thing that I think the developers are worried about. I don't think, but again, think of all the people who don't currently have any notes app and who might've gone to one of the other ones and Precisely. who might've might said, well, let me go check these two out and I'll buy this one. Instead, now they're just going to use this app. And I'll tell you what, you mentioned that iOS uh, you know, runs hot on the iPads and things like that. Like, I would not recommend installing uh, the new version of iOS uh, until, like you said, third beta. I think that's I would that's even too soon for me. I almost pretty much wait for release, and I feel like the release versions are still kind of a beta. But uh, I will say that the new version of macOS 10 El Capitan definitely. And I'm very, I'm very slow to upgrade production systems like the machine mm-hmm. I'm using to record the audio right now. Those I'll leave for a while until like the first point release even. But as far as like the machine that I use as like a primary machine, for a long time I was always upgrading them and I've slowed down a little. But I do have a laptop now that I'll try the new stuff on. I can tell you that it, it's running great. It's way faster than Yosemite. It seems very wow. stable. I love the new San Francisco font. Um, so you're, it, you're seeing some of those, the touted enhancements in performance. You're seeing that. Yes, absolutely. That's fantastic. I, I put it on an 11 inch MacBook Air and that was, I wouldn't say it was bogged down under Yosemite. I would say it was not fast under Yosemite. It's now a a nice to use machine again. And, uh, and so like if you're a developer and you're curious about running this thing, it's stable. I haven't tried to like recompile the, you know, there's like Ruby stuff that I do. I haven't tried to like install Ruby and make sure that all that stuff is still working yet. But as far as just a normal user experience, this thing is solid. I it's, it's, it's ready. I mean, like I'm not saying they should release it yet, but, uh, and that change in the font, I'm very, very fond of, of San Francisco. Well, there you go. I mean, maybe that's part of the joy of a stability 
you know, enhancement release. You know what I mean? Is that, you know what I mean? Like if you think about it in terms of like, well, we've just fixed a lot of like Snow Leopard, like we fixed a lot of stuff under the hood. Yeah. I guess it's sensible that you'd be seeing those gains pretty quickly. But you know, I don't, I don't know the first thing about software, but you know, the phrase that goes through my head is optimization where sort of like you talked about a few weeks ago with coding. It's like, I get, I get the feeling stuff is not like really optimized in the Apple iOS way that we get used to or OS 10 way. It doesn't get really optimized until like the final, you know, candidate. Yeah. So if you then, know, if even then, <laughs> you, um, what else with that? Did you have anything else with the note stuff? I love that. Um, I don't, I mean, I, there? there's, there's another application that, uh, that I've been trying that I want to make sure that I say the right name of, because it's, it's pretty cool. Um, it's kind of like a Scrivener competitor huh. it's called it for for os 10 yeah it's called ulysses yeah ulysses is is pretty neat have you tried that out yeah yeah i used it back in the day when it was it's one of those kind of bespoke apps that's like really like a marco kind of app where it's like this is the way that we're going to do it in this app and i think it's gotten more flexible over time but no it's a it's a writing app a lot of people are like i have not looked at it super recently but but for doing like large projects it's pretty great right right that's what it that's what it is so in on the one hand it's kind of like the when you think of as like an enhanced it's plain text but it has markdown it has all these other things but there are features in it that give you a whole lot more functionality because it's a Supports like the rich text and PDF stuff. It has HTML and EPUB, uh, all of this stuff. It can it can generate that. You can do it with like a three pane view or a two pane view. You can have the editor only. There's this little attachment bar thing that's pretty cool. Um, the way that you can kind of organize different things so that so that if you are working on a bigger project, you can have like the little the little um, breakdown menu on the side where you can put little notes and organize things and there's so much more that it does that i'm you know could possibly use it for right now uh but when i've talked to other people about this as i was trying it out a lot of people are like oh that looks really cool but i'm heavily invested in scrivener right now and i don't Mm -hmm. you know and i'm mid book or something and they don't you know they don't want to try right it's the last thing you want to do is change horses yeah yeah that's super interesting yeah i i think i actually might have bought it not a few years ago, but I haven't looked. Those those kinds of apps can be so great. I mean, I have more experience with Scrivener, but you know, it's it, it is. I mean, I've always got. I feel like I always kind of have to bracket it by saying, "Be careful not to fiddle too much," because that's my problem. Is I just would fiddle all the time in Scrivener. But like, if you're ready to just sit down and do your work, especially on a computer, like it's great. It's great. I I spent so much time time like playing with simple note syncing so that I could write on the iPhone and have it show up in Scrivener. That's that's bad on me, but it did work. It's just that I spent a lot of time fiddling with that. But um, it's a great app if you're ready to be a grown up and really sit down and you're doing, especially if you're doing something like a novel. Or I remember my first exposure to Anthony Johnston before I like knew of his comics or certainly of his recent podcast on Justin Maline was that he had done comics templates for Scrivener. He's he's like an old school productivity guy. Oh, that's cool. So, I mean, boy, but for anything for, especially, I think for a novel, it's kind of ideally suited, don't you think? Isn't that kind of what it's for? Yeah, totally, totally. And I've talked to, you know, people who do big writing projects or who are working on a novel. Doesn't Andy, doesn't Andy do a lot of big stuff? Oh, yeah, he does. He's like a hardcore Scrivener uh, advocate. And, 
you know, like that's the thing that's, that's so funny to me because in the past, whenever I've done big writing projects, it's always just been like, oh, I'll open up a word or nowadays it would be a pages document and like start typing. But there's so much more that the, the tools that are around for those bigger kind of projects are, are crazy. Uh, and, and I've been working on something that, that involves using like a Scrivener uh, type tool and, or thinking about okay, this is big enough that I could use a tool like that. But then you start using the tool and you're like, I don't know half the things this tool can do. So do I just keep typing it in a pages document or do I invest the several days of time to to get good at using this tool the right way? I don't know. It's, uh, it's tricky. It's Yeah, that's that's true. And it was a huge challenge for me because I it would see... <laughs> Nothing against Scrivener as ever, but it was really kind of a, a bad combination for me because it was at a time when I was very susceptible to fiddling and when I was thinking heavily about organization. And that's, to me, that's actually, that's the power of Scrivener and it's the, it's the danger and the fiddliness is how you can do stuff like, you know, that ability to flip between like corkboard and outline. Um, and, you know, and drafts and select this amount of stuff and have it in this status with this. It was like so endlessly configurable and then like how you want the output to look like <laughs> but you know if you get to it's I, I imagine it's a little bit like learning unix where you want to learn to do these five things well and then add to that in the future but don't let it stop you from actually making and, and producing the stuff you know what i mean totally and that's you know i for me the the time that i learned unix was like late college and first time in in you know my career like the first couple jobs that i had and it was so like the coming from starting out back in the days on the Apple II, getting into Mac, using DOS, all of that stuff became something that was like, I always felt so limited by what I was mm-hmm. able to do in the operating system. And Unix was like, you can just do whatever you want to do. Like you can just do stuff. You type a command. You know what? You want to remove every file on a drive in one command. You can do that. Right. You know, but like there were lots of non-destructive things that you could just do that were great. And for me, like the whole world opened up. And I remember I had kind of taken a break from um, Mac OS for a while in the like dark, like nine time period. I mean, I still had one, but I had gotten way into like Linux and, and FreeBSD on the desktop. And like my primary machine was like uh, at work was like a Solaris machine. And at home I was doing like Linux stuff. And it was okay, you know, like it, was, it wasn't as easy as it is now. You had to like edit your FVWM config files by hand. But, you know, I didn't, I didn't have to rely on an operating system that was constantly crashing. And when OS X came out and it had like, wait a minute, this is basically BSD Unix with these underpinnings mm-hmm. and I can open a command window and I can do this and think of what I'll be able to do. And I had written that piece a long time earlier. I forget... Um, when I, I should probably look it up on HiveLogic about how I, I suspected at that time when they started talking about that, I said, I guarantee you that they have this up and running because it's BSD. They've got this up and running on Intel machines inside Apple. And it's just a matter of time when they decide, you know what, screw Motorola. We're just going to go and, and switch to Intel. Like I wrote this years before they did it because to me, like that was a, not a big deal. You had Linux and you had NetBSD and OpenBSD and especially NetBSD where you had these BSD Unix operating systems running on all platforms by default. And the way that most open source software uh, and, and Unix software in general, it was compiled and designed to be completely independent of a CPU or a platform uh, at all that, that you just had BSD Unix and yeah, it's going to compile. 
And of course, they're going to move all this stuff over to Intel. It was so obvious back then. And, you know, now I think no one really cares about what's behind the scenes. They just want these apps that work and they want apps that that communicate seamlessly. And I know it's Mm -hmm. a lot to expect to think that wouldn't it be great if Apple Notes also worked on Android? Well, no, of course, it it won't do that because they they want that lock in to exist. But, you know, they just came out with Skype. The new version of Skype runs in a browser. So you can use that wow. on all your Chrome machines as well. And you can use that pretty much everywhere. Well, that's, that's really interesting for me. because and it, noting, noting that's, that's a Microsoft product yes. running in a Google browser. Yes. And it's so cool because what that means is now, in theory, you know, as we're trying to come up with better solutions for Skype here, you know, like I could go and get those super, super cheap little crappy, you know, things that run Chrome OS that are like 150, 200 bucks. And like, that could be a remote Skype machine now because it can run Skype in a browser. And I I don't know, like I really, everything, the focus is changing. It's not, it's, you know, web apps didn't win. Native apps won. They just won on mobile platforms, you know, and there was that debate for so long of what is the future? Oh, it's all going to be in a browser. Everything's going to be in a browser. Well, that didn't really happen. It's, it's native clients, but it's native clients on, on our phones and on our iPads. Uh, it's just different, you know, like, like where does Mac OS 10 really fit in for this? You said to yourself that you, you know, your go-to device is an iPad and more and more, I think people can do that. You know, the new version of the PS4 that came out is a, a media center. Now you can watch torrents and stuff on that. Like it's, things are really changing and what we think of as a console and what it can do versus what we think of as a tablet and what, what it can do. And our kids using tablets first before they're using computers. And that, that is a completely different perspective on things from, from their standpoint, what are Mm -hmm. our kids going to think are, you know, uh, uh, is a computer. They have a completely different perspective. It's amazing. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think, uh, it's. It, I'm starting to really. The, the, I talked about this not too long ago with the Apple TV, and how I think one failure of imagination is to keep calling it the Apple TV it, when really it's going to do more stuff than that, right? We talked last week about the iPhone being more than a phone and so forth, and I think the failure of our imagination is in our head. Well, I'll speak for myself. Um, you know, if you're an older, older, like a less young person who's been using these devices for a while, you tend to think in terms of these. Over time, you think of the nouns evolving. You know, and, and you think like, oh, you know, it used to be you'd have whatever a mainframe, then a mini computer, and then a microcomputer, and so forth. And, you know, and then of course that gets more power. But like, there's really, there's so many more axes or valences to how that all actually ends up working. So that it's not, it's the nouns, you're getting too fixated on the noun, whether that's the noun of this disk representing save. Uh, what we really need to think about is the way these verbs are changing and the way they're being reconfigured in different ways that were never even possible really to, to conceive of before, except in science fiction. I don't know if that makes sense, but like, to, I think a younger person, somebody who's not as, um, uh, not as uh, stuck in their ways or thinking as as we are, to them it's no big deal. It's just like, well, of course that's how you do it. Like, of course that's that's how this would evolve because the future to them really still is like like the blue sky. You know, I think the hard part is for us to stay not just even up to date, but to stay flexible about our idea of what any of this stuff is, what it's for, how it can be used, and how it might be to put it in strong terms, good or bad. You know, that's a, that's a constant thing for me. I'm trying to really stay in front of that, not because I want to seem like a hipster with a beetle wig, but because I want to make sure that like, I, I understand what the capabilities are rather than what my assumptions should be. Right. It's those assumptions that I think are 
what hold us back or, or, or kind of limit us in a way. It's like, well, no, you, you should use this for this thing. Well, why? Well, that's the way I've always done it. Well, maybe you don't have to do it like that anymore. Well, and it's, you know, not to, I'm the last person in the world that should be using this example, but, you know, every time Apple comes out with something, the, the hue and cry, I mean, go look at that, that famous Slashdot thread when the iPod came out, you know, announcing what a, a failure that would be because it didn't do this and this and this and this. And then, you know, the iPhone came out and it didn't do this and this and this and so forth. Big time with the iPad. Um, and I mean, I don't, it's, not that, it's not that they were wrong. It's not that I was wrong any of those times. I don't, I don't think that's the point. I think the point is that it's difficult to, it's, it's a fool's errand to try and guess how something is going to evolve or what, uh, I guess, evolve or adapt it's it's a fool's errand to guess how that stuff will happen, but you should be open to the idea that it that things will evolve and adapt in ways that are perhaps surprising to you, uh, per- perhaps alarming to you, mm-hmm. um, and perhaps seemingly impossible to you. And like if you can stay open to those possibilities, you're going to get this stuff faster. Again, not to be hip, but to be to be capable, right? Just just to even be able to like speak conversantly as a contemporary person. You have to really keep your mind open to like what the reality of what we can do now and should be able to do soon is. Futurism. Yeah. Did you want to tell me about something you like? I would like to tell you about Lynda. This episode is brought to you by Lynda, L-Y-N-D-A, lynda.com. They're the online learning platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses that help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. And they are giving listeners of this show a free 10-day trial if you go to lynda.com slash back to work, spelled out. And let me explain something. You get access to all of the videos that are on Lynda so that whatever the topic is that you want to learn about, it could be, you know, Photoshop, it could be iOS development, it could be getting better at using like the Microsoft tools, like whatever it is that you want to get into, that you want to learn about. If there's a computer kind of involved in one way or another, they're going to have a great course on it taught by experts and uh, you can go and get access to all of the videos. You don't pay like, well, I want to try this one video and I guess I got to buy it. No, you get access to everything for one flat rate. And while you're on that 10 day free trial, you have access to every single video you watch at once as many times as you want. Imagine what you could learn in 10 days with access to all of this stuff. You can download it to your iOS device and watch it offline, Android device too. It's just so great. Hundreds and hundreds of topics, all for that flat rate, and uh, taught by industry experts. Who knows, maybe you'll become the next industry expert in this. So it's Linda, L-Y-N-D-A, lynda.com, slash back to work. Go check it out. Just going there will support the show, but uh, you can do yourself a favor and sign up and try it. Get on that 10-day trial and uh, learn something amazing. Thanks very much to Linda for supporting Back to Work with Merlin Mann. And Dan Benjamin. Thank you, lynda.com. All the great videos. All the great videos. Um, this connection is homemade dookie. You know, so while, why don't we, while we were doing the show, yeah, Susie Oaks, yeah, who's on the uh, the Mac World, love Susie Oaks, and she and uh, Glenn do the thing. She said, she says, nodding and yelling yes, as Merlin and Dan describe the exact same sky problems Glenn and I are plagued by. No kidding, something goes on with. I'm telling she you, she does the she does the Mac World podcast. She knows with what Glenn. she's doing. She knows what she's, she's doing. Not a beginner. Come on. Not a beginner. Not Susie. Nope. 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 No Bush League stuff here. I've been really into Caddyshack recently. Amateur hour. Just watching um, and watching over and over. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. It's a fun movie. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I get into that sometimes. It's it's uh, it's silly, but it's really really fun. It's still really fun. Um, yeah, this is this is this is all horrible. It's um, bad. We sh- we sh- it's really bad. So do do you want to talk about the? Uh... So here's the thing. Last week we talked about the WWDC thing, and uh, and and you had some strong things to say about how we use our devices. Yes. And it's something you, you and I have both talked a lot in the past about any variety of things around this issue. This should, should not be too alarming to people. Uh, you know, we both have concerns about the kinds of distractions that we allow into our life and the kinds of decisions that you make one way or another that lead to a certain quality of life or lack thereof. And you had some very strong words about the feeling that phone calls are something that, or face-to-face interactions, just more like authentic interactions. You should put it in your own words, but it's something you feel very strongly about and and you spoke very strongly about it, and and some people uh, had strong reactions to it. Yes, uh, basically, you know, uh, first of all, I I will say I uh, I totally agree with the things that I said last week, even though I was sort of feverish and uh, a little a little weird. Um, I still totally agree with the things that I said. I maybe could have said it better, um, in in a way that was more inclusive as opposed to. Uh, I guess. I, yeah, I, I think some people, I think, in retrospect, understandably said, hey, you know, this is a little insensitive right. to people's preferences, but it's actually, offensive is too strong a word, but it's it's actually hurtful to people with certain kinds of conditions. Is that fair to say? Yes. People who, who are, um, who have a certain uh, challenges. Spectrum disorders. Spectrum disorders for whom communicate. I was not talking about those people. Um, you, and you were I, not calling those people cripples. I was not. I was talking about the regular person who, well, regular is not even the right word either. People, people who, who don't have those particular challenges. And, and believe me, I, I know a whole lot about uh, people with, with challenges like that for a number of reasons. And yeah. uh, this is not the place to talk about it. But nope. um, so I'm very sensitive to that. And I wasn't talking, I was talking about the person who is not challenged in that way, uh, but who for one reason or another um, makes a choice to, uh, to avoid uh, talking, talking with people in, in person when there's an opportunity to do so. And I believe uh, that for those people, not, not people who are, who are challenged or who have um, social anxiety, I'm not talking about people with social anxiety either. I'm not talking about people who I'm talking about uh, a, a person without those issues or challenges or uh, things that they have in life where where they've made some kind of decision to sort of sequester themselves and and I feel like those people are are maybe missing out on something if they would uh, if they would because there was a long time where I was working from home and uh, m- the main way that I communicated with people was over IM or email and the occasional phone call. And I found that it was very easy to get into, in, into that and to just sort of think that... that yeah, you just kind of go dark. Exactly. And I feel like that, you know, obviously people should... Like, I don't want to tell people that they're wrong for in, enjoying communicating the way that, that they do it. Uh, however they communicate is fine. And if they choose to not communicate at all, I, I suppose that's fine too. I think what I was trying to express was that uh, for people who, who've made a decision to do that, uh, that, you know, like I did for a long time. 
that I find that my life is uh, a bit better for me when I'm out in the world as opposed to when I'm in dark room with sweatpants and a t-shirt talking to people over I am and not getting out into the world. Yep. Uh, so, you know, if, if you're not faced with challenges and you've just made a decision to do it, you know, like, and I found like it took a lot of effort. And then when I would do it, I remember in particular, there was one time where like somebody wanted to have lunch with me. And I was like, Oh God, I, if I go and have lunch, like, the whole day is going to be screwed up. And like, I and then I have to go and like, I have to shower and I have to pick clothes out and I have to like go out of the house and like drive. And then what if there's traffic and like, I'll meet that person for lunch and that'll be fun. But then I get in, you know, I got to drive back and that's like two or three hours out of the day that I could use to like do something more productive or just play a video game or, you know, just like do, you know, and, and like it, that really does sound like an effort and it was. And for me, and then doing it, I would come away. I'd be like kind of exhausted from, <laughs> from that. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, totally. You know? And so like, I get it, but uh, then there's like this shift of like, if you get into the rhythm of like, I wake up and then I go and I, you know, spend a little time with my kids and then I take a shower and I get dressed and I go somewhere to my private office in San Francisco or whatever, just like the act of like getting out there and doing it, and you know, it's so ridiculous that the movie that I watched that kind of changed my perspective on this was that, uh, why, uh, is it a Bruce Almighty? Is that with, the movie? Uh, with Jim, what's his name uh, from Jim uh, Evil Dead? Oh. No, no, no. The movie where he goes and he's like oh, a reporter right. and he gets, the dog is always peeing on the thing. And, and anyway, he was like, it's at the end of this movie. That sounds where, like a Jim Carrey movie. Yeah. yeah. And he's out and he, then at like the end of the movie, he's, and, but it just occurred to me that like, there's this great world out there full of people that for the most part, at least in the cities that I've been lucky enough to live in, most of the time, like people are nice, you know, like if you, I'm not talking about San Francisco, I'm saying it like other cities where you can go out into the world and like people are nice and like you can go and eat at a nice restaurant and uh, get a coffee somewhere and like walk down the street and be in the, not today it's pouring rain, but like be in the sunshine. And, right. and that, so that was what I was trying to convey is that there's, if you want, if, 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 if it's not hard for you to do it, that there's this whole world out there of people and fun things that are happening. And for me, it was very easy to kind of get caught up and sucked into this whole of just being cocooned in your nest and it didn't seem like I was missing out on stuff, but I was. Yeah. I, I'm glad you addressed that. Um, and I, I, I got that from, and I just thought you were, you know, being full of beans, but you know, I had, I had two really worrying feelings about it. Cause on, on the one hand, I really, really disagree with you personally, which shouldn't matter. And it doesn't because our personal differences are something we should all be able to get over. That's what separates grownups from like, I guess, groundhogs. <laughs> but you know, my personal differences, there are a lot of things where I wish. So I'm, I'm going to take two slightly different points of view on two different sides of this question. One is that like my problem is a long running problem, which is that really it's like it's one of the primary like pillars, load bearing walls of this show. It's so difficult to know what's going on in anybody else's life. And that extends not just from saying things you didn't mean to be offensive or hurtful. It means straight down to like, you have no idea that like you're asking me to do this thing while I'm recording this show and even splitting my attention to notice that you were asking me this question takes off my concentration. Right. Like, is that your fault? No, no. But it's happened like four times since the show started. And sometimes it's, it's people that are listening to the show will write to me while I'm doing the show. Like, <laughs> you know that I'm doing the show right now and you know that that's okay. They, 
but that's that. But the thing is, even now you're sitting there and you're probably rolling your eyes, going, "Well, that's on you, man. You're right. That is on me." Because everybody's got access to me. Everybody's got access to you. And so on the one hand, the part where I think we have maybe a personal difference kind of is that I, I feel like I do have to put up on the one hand, uh, a big white wall mm-hmm. over here to keep the winter out. There are some kinds of things I don't want getting through, right? <laughs> yeah. There are other kinds of things where I want a really strong fence like a, like a, so on the one hand, the, the, what are they called? The, the white, what are the white walkers or what are they called? Yeah. White walkers. Um, on the on the on the house of games, yeah, yeah, Game of Thrones. So that's right. And then you got Game of Pricks, and then you've got so that's they got a big wall. That's that show. The other show, the zombie show. We we were in the prison with the walkers, the other walkers. Like I want a chain link fence and a door because I still need to be able to get in and out, and I want to see who's there. But no, you're not allowed to just walk in. Like you can see what's going on in this area, but you can't just walk in. And there's other areas where it's important to me to say like, hey, this is a door that I am super picky about opening to anybody. My family's allowed to come in and out as they please but you are so not entitled to open that door. You're not even entitled to knock on that door when you feel like it. If it's two in the morning, like find a way to deal with it till tomorrow. Do you follow what I'm saying? Totally. To me, these are important concentric circles we all have to learn to deal with. And part of the trouble is we all feel so differently about it. There was a kid with the camera on his head a few years ago, like walking around videotaping everybody. Yeah. Like I thought that was like the weirdest thing in the world. I guess he's like an entrepreneur now. But like I thought that was bananas. I was like, what are you doing? And everybody's like, oh, you know, that's the thing now. You're just going to be videotaping other people all the time. I think that's incredibly creepy. I think the amount of access that people have to either like seeing what we're doing, like in a way that we don't even have any like option about is like so gross. I think it's really gross. And I think everybody, if you're not struggling with that right now, I don't even know what to think. Like you better be struggling with it. Cause if you are not setting those barriers for yourself in a way that you can live with, your life is going to get super duper weird. So the part I, where I disagree a little bit is, yeah, I, I love, I still love, I was listening to an old episode of um, systematic. I did with, uh, Brett Terpstra talking about like how I really like having phone calls with people, but like I can't have all of the phone calls. Right. Phone calls require, like doing a podcast in this case, requires 100% of my attention. If you don't have 100% of your attention when you're talking to somebody on the phone, you're kind of a dick. Like sit down, have a call with that person and then get back to work. The, the other part where I think I agree or I'm in line with you is a real different take, but I'm going to go for it. Okay. Hey, listen, if you got a condition and your life is a certain way, and your mind is a certain way, your body is a certain way, don't, to the extent possible, as a privileged white guy, I'll just say to you, man, try not to let people make you feel bad about that. I know, I know that's, that's, that it's not, that's not going to help, especially if you're feeling kind of raw about it. But like, I hope you get to a place where even the biggest jerk in the world can't make you feel bad about who you are. I, I, that's a real privileged thing for me to say, but like, God love you. I really hope that you find the strength to not be bothered by other people's thoughts and opinions because you're better than that. Oh yeah. But, but at the same time, um, I think that it's really, easy to talk ourselves into certain kinds of conditions. And I forgive me if I sound insensitive here. I'm not trying to say that I know that there's all kinds of stuff in the world that is real, physical, mental, emotional, whatever it is. I'm not here to tell you that what you have isn't real. I'm here to tell you that I know a lot of people, including me, who can legitimize all kinds of strange decisions that they've made based on deciding they're how they are. Mm. I've got ADD. So therefore, A, B, C, D, E. Okay, well, if you have ADD, Maybe you want to do something about that. Uh, maybe you don't. But in either case, please 
don't make your self-assessment of ADD into the reason your life is the way it is. And you can you apply any other condition in the world to that. If you've got it, you know, live with it. Be muscular and like, you know, have the kind of life you'd like to have and don't let people put you down. But at the same time, be circumspect about being your your own kind of doctor in the mirror to decide why your life is the way it is. Because if you start doing that and you start doing it too much, now you have every reason in the world to explain away Watch, watch for this in other people. Watch for this in yourself. The people who are able to explain why the world is the way it is because they've made a decision and a pronouncement and in this case, a, di- a self-diagnosis. Just be careful because Dan's right. There's something to be said about doing difficult things that give us exposure to other people. If you're socially, if you have social anxiety, like I, I don't even know what to say. Like yeah. I, I can't, I don't know how to treat that condition. What I am saying is just deci- deciding that just because you'd rather be in sweatpants and home means you have social anxiety. I don't know if that's accurate. I do know that deciding you've got a condition that you just pulled out of your butt is not going to help you grow as a person. And talking about challenges, make sure you're still challenging yourself to do things that are a little more difficult than you think you can do. Because you will be surprised sometimes what you're capable of. So at the risk of making lots more people unhappy and upset, I'm saying I believe in you. I don't even know you and I believe in you. So just just remember, we're all capable of more than we think. And we're all more resilient to what other people's thoughts are than we think. And if you take those two things and walk out into the world today, you're going to have such a better afternoon than if you think that you're that vulnerable to other people because you don't need to be. You want to accept phone calls? <laughs> is the caller there? Yeah, is there, we, can, we can take calls. Go ahead, caller. Are we going to, should we cut all that out? No, I think that's the best thing uh, that's been on the show. I think it uh, totally... It's literally probably the best episode. The thing is, it'll be uh, have the Skype problem, so right. it'll sound like we're both we're, we're both on speed, which is something you take for ADD. See, that seems backwards. I know, I know, I know. I, I got mixed feelings about it. Um, no, that was so well said, and I think I think it's you know I so I want to like just further. And then please, please, please respond because I kind of stepped on your entire thing. I didn't mean no, to. No, I mean, you said it better than uh, I did. And I was, I, well, I was trying, I think in my f- uh, fever state to encourage people. I think as the, as the chat room was very uh, quick to point out that I was being specific about uh, phone calls. That wasn't what I was really th- I remember what I was thinking. I was thinking more in person and for some reason it came I out. I heard you saying, stop the- thinking that avoiding people is making your life better in the long run. Yes. That's what I heard. Yes. I, I mean, it sounded like you were talking about phone calls, but I feel like maybe I just know you well enough to know that what you're really saying yeah, is no. avoid the impulse to think your life is better by avoiding other people. That's, no, that's exactly right. That's exactly <laughs> not, right. Wasn't, you were not trying to say people with, with conditions are bad. Right. <laughs> right. Stop fooling yourself. <laughs> yeah. Be, I, was only, I was only really thinking of it, in, and I should have said this, and uh, forgive me for not saying it, but I was only thinking of this in terms of people who have sort of made made a a, a choice, not as a result of a, of a condition, but who have sort of said, I'm going to, 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 to create this situation for myself when it's not something that's necessary for my, um, because there is definitely like, I feel like there is, there is this path that I could have chosen maybe in college that would have wound up with me at a Buddhist monastery. And I think I would have been a different kind of happy if I had been there than the path that I took. And like, I totally understand that path. And I don't think a day goes by where I don't think I really in, in some way think I would have been better off going down that path that would have put me in like the 
Thai forest tradition Buddhist monastery, like that specific path. And, uh, you know, so like I totally respect and I remember back in the day when I was, you know, sitting for an hour a day every day before I had any kids where I was I was like super focused and super in this sort of mindfulness state that continued many, many, many hours after I was done meditating. And it, you know, I had this almost sort of monastic style life, just working at home, doing software development, but it wasn't a life without stress. It wasn't the life without communication, but it was very much this, I I don't know how it could possibly be more different than the life that I have now in the sense of like communicating with human beings and things like that. And I, I still remember in that situation, kind of leaving that sort of quiet state and that that directed state of mind and that mindful state of mind and going to like the grocery store and being and feeling kind of overwhelmed by the grocery store in a way mm-hmm. if that makes sense and yeah it's like the, the whole like this is water problem yes yes yeah. and just you know that that and i did not have any conditions you know other than maybe generalized uh, anxiety disorder I didn't have any conditions that made social interaction a challenge and yet social interaction was a challenge. And I'm, you know, I, I guess I'm a different person in a lot of ways than I was back then, but I'm saying that like, I understand that and I understand those, the, 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 the situation that you can get in. What I'm saying is I feel like my life is, um, is, uh, I can be better if I face that kind of a challenge. I can be better if I, uh, if I, if I put myself into a situation where I can interact with people because I feel like I have uh, more to offer if I'm in the world than if I'm not in the world. That's really good. Yeah. So we'll leave it at that. Yeah. All right. Let's button this up. I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.